Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to Coach the Coach Radio, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Brought to you by the Business Radio X studio partner program. If you're a business coach and want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the program senior consultant and executive coach with a step ahead PR consulting and coaching, Miss Cheryl Proctor Rogers. Before we get too far into things, Cheryl, can you talk about your practice a little bit? How are you serving folks? I have more than 39 years of experience in public relations and business strategy. And as you can imagine, you cannot implement any kind of strategy without coaching the leaders. And so coaching has always been a part of my practice. But the last couple of years, I would say probably about 10 years or so, I started getting more requests from potential clients and current clients to help them think through their strategies and to actually serve as a sounding board and provide some perspective on what I was hearing. And I quickly learned that that is leadership or executive coaching. So I began as a generalist in public relations and communications, um, went back to school to get an MBA so that I could service my clients better and across the organization coming out of the public relations department. And so I am a generalist having done almost everything under the public relations umbrella from investor relations, community relations, public affairs, uh, internal communications. And I've helped organizations um, really look at their business strategy and their communication strategies as well. And as it relates to leadership coaching or executive coaching, I've had the opportunity to help some very senior level executives in uh, different organizations really create a path forward where they were stuck or looking for a way to uh, really grow the organization's bottom line. So uh, even though you started kind of uh, serving businesses, obviously you were serving individuals in those businesses, do you attack taking on a coaching client the same way you would take on a PR project? Do you have to see what the outcome they desire is, formulate a plan or a strategy, and then implement some tactics to help them achieve that goal? Oh, that is a great question, and you are spot on. So much of the initial conversations are the same. What is it that you're trying to achieve? What's getting in your way? How can coaching or public relations or business strategy help you reach the goals that you've set for yourself or your organization? And how can we co-create a plan that helps you to to, over time, achieve the goals that you set for yourself or your organization. So now, is that co-authorship an important component? Because sometimes I would think they think they're coming to you for an answer, and when, in essence, you're trying to kind of get the answer out of them. 
Well, that is certainly what usually happens when a consultant is called. It's come in and tell us what to do, and we'll just do whatever you say. Research has shown us that that approach doesn't yield the kind of results that the organization or the individual is really seeking. And it is only when the actual strategy and execution of that strategy is co-created that you see the greater success. So you're getting the buy-in and the individual or the organization has a little skin in the game. Right. Now for you, do you follow a certain methodology or is this approach something that you've kind of come up upon yourself? Is it, uh, are you speaking about the executive coaching? Yeah, the coaching methodology. Oh, certainly. Um, so, of course, over the years, I was serving as an executive coach and didn't realize it. And when I decided, um, because I was getting so many requests just for coaching, I did um, seek training. And so I looked at the offerings for um the accredited programs that the International Coach Federation um, had accredited and found a coach training program that met my needs and was aligned with my philosophy of, of my public relations and business practice. So I wanted my coaching to be aligned as well. And so I was practicing for several years and then I decided you know, I really want to refresh my MBA and to really focus on creating a framework for my executive coaching practice. So I went back to school and got a master's in leadership and change with a focus on executive coaching. And that gave me an opportunity to really take a deep dive into a variety of coaching models and frameworks, and those that research really informed my current approach to coaching, and I'm happy to share what that is. Yeah, please do. Well, it's, it, it begins, of course, with any relationship with an exploration to see if you're actually a fit. And so we determined through a course of, of questions whether or not my coaching style, which is a very accelerated, challenging, but supportive um, coaching um, approach. And then we take a look at readiness, just as we would with an organization. How ready are you for making the change that is necessary to reach the goals that you've set for yourself. And so through this process of determining, determining the readiness of the leader, it helps really to start defining what are some of the issues or behaviors that need to be changed. And so accessing readiness is not something that you do in two or three minutes. Sometimes it could take a session or two. And then we move to creating some awareness around 
what is really at the core of the behaviors, the thoughts, and the patterns that are currently getting that leader stuck. And what we have found and what I have found as an executive coach is that what usually is presented as the problem never is. (laughs) I would say 99.9% of my experience has been that when a, a leader calls and says, hey, I need to work on this, or um, I want you to help me get my act together because I'm ready to um, get out of this uh, organization. Or, you know, our sales are flat, and I believe that I need to, you know, find a way to motivate um, the employees. And once we do that, um, because they're they're just not motivated, and I they usually have a reason why they think they're not motivated. But after a really rigorous, challenging approach to to the questioning and to the observations, we usually end up with a goal that they had never imagined. Where the magic happens, right? And that is where the magic happens. That's where those aha moments come in, where you're challenging assumptions, you're challenging the stories that they're telling themselves. And sometimes you're challenging what to them is so obvious. You know, it's the sun is out. What do you mean the sun is not out? How could it possibly, (laughs) you know, not be that way? Um, You know, every morning I wake up and, and this is what it is. And I know this for sure. And so as a coach, when you start challenging what an executive knows for sure, you know, it's important that that relationship between the coach and the leader is one that's built on trust and mutual respect. Because while we always say that coaching is not therapy, sometimes it can feel like it because you're (laughs) really having to peel back the onion and really explore and talk about some areas that are very sensitive and emotional. And that's why you have to kind of start with that kind of foundational work first, right? To determine, is this going to be a right fit? Are they going to hear or be able to handle this type of challenge without getting defensive? And are they coachable and open to some of the things that might come out of that? Absolutely, Lee. And what we have also found is that it's important to know what the support system um, is available to the leader. Because when you think about the coaching relationship, you know, it's not, we don't, as a coach, we don't go home with this individual. We're usually on the phone or in person for an hour, maybe 90 minutes, once every couple of weeks. And so when the session is over, 
how do you maintain that accountability? And it's really important for that leader to have a support system to help keep them accountable and to also help them celebrate some of the successes as change is taking place. Now, what do you prefer more, the in-person or the virtual? Uh, Personally, I prefer over the phone. And let me tell you why. Over the phone, because I happen to be a very kind of dynamic, little, I would say, I use my hands. I have very animated facial expressions. And so as a result, I don't want to be miss. I don't want the client or the leader to misinterpret a smile or a raised eyebrow as something that they need to address. So when we're on the phone, it gives me an opportunity to listen more intently and not only hear what is being said, but what's not being said to notice or to hear shifts in energy, to hear in a really clear way any changes in tone that may be missed face-to-face. So can you walk us through what kind of, what does that initial session look like? Um, I know it's some back and forth of seeing if it's a right fit, but are there, uh, you know, for the listener who hasn't experienced it yet, what can they expect? Well, in the, in the, let's say that we've determined that this is a fit. We have established our agreement, how we're going to work together, how often, what are overall coaching goals. So the first, on the initial coaching session, you'll hear questions like, well, what do you want to be coached on? The coach doesn't come to the session with a list of, okay, here's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, it's, it's totally the responsibility of the leader to come to each session with an idea of what they want to be coached on and what are the measures of success. So at the end of this coaching session, and most coaches will ask this question, you know, at the end of this coaching session, what do you want to walk away with? What is going to bring you value? And sometimes it takes a little time for the leader to really think that through. And the coach can help think that through with some very insightful questions. So There's a lot of questions that are asked, and the purpose of the questions are to really create some reflection and to create some additional awareness that can drive the, the ideas of what can be accomplished for that individual. So you're going to ask questions like, well, you know, you want to do this, and so how is that going to change your life? And the client or the, the leader must think, okay, yeah, I'm going to make this change, but what's going to happen? 
what if what if I don't make this change? You know, what then? And so the coaching session is really owned by the leader. They determine what the topic is going to be, what the measures of success are for that particular session, and it is up to the coach to keep that leader accountable, recalling what they said they were going to do before, or if there were some exercises to create additional awareness, to check in with the coach and let them know what kinds of things they became aware of. And to occasionally the coach might ask, you know, do we, is this the right coaching goal based on some of the awareness that you've experienced? Is it time to change or are we on the right path? So the session is really driven by the client and the client gets to determine how deep we go on a subject or if we change the subject at all. So if we start out one area, we could end, we could change horses in the middle of the stream, as it were, and start on another path that has come up or has resonated with the leader. Is that helpful? Yeah, yeah that's great. Stone, um, you're a big fan of personal accountability. This is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, well, it is in my wheelhouse, and I can't say that I am necessarily uh, the epitome of a practitioner of personal accountability, but I love the idea. <laughs> and uh, one of the places that, that I get a lot of value from that particular body of work is from a, a really good friend of mine from early uh, in my career when I had something uh, uh, approximating a real job, um, marketing, sales, and leadership development uh, training and, and development, a gentleman by the name of John Miller did some work on this and wrote a book called The QBQ, and I highly recommend it. I love it. And it's all about personal accountability and, and asking the, the, the right questions. I have a, a question that I would like to ask. This is my favorite part of the program because, Lee, we get to talk about me, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so I really appreciated what you had to say, Cheryl, about the responsibilities or obligations or however you want to frame it um, of the client. And I think that, that really, uh, rang true for me. My question is more around, and you spoke to it a little bit, but I want to ask it a little, from a little different angle, the responsibilities, obligation, where is the line drawn for the, the, the response, the professional ethical responsibility of the coach particularly if they do see that maybe the fit is questionable and or if they're further in the relationship and they make the recommendation and the client is simply not going to follow it, where does, where does the responsibility for, of the coach begin and end in, in, in that regard? Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Ethic is an, a critical foundational piece to um, the coaching um, components. And if I were in that scenario that you outlined, Stone, I would resign the account. Okay. Whether it was with, within coaching or within public relations or business strategy. I am not in the business 
of collecting paychecks. I am in the business of helping organizations thrive and individuals thrive. I think it's really important for uh, any profession, public relations, coaching, to have a code of ethics that help to define the behaviors and the roles of those individuals. And fortunately, um, the International Coach Federation does have a set of ethical guidelines that I find are really important and align with my own personal philosophy of how to work. So if a client is constantly, and when I say constantly, maybe two sessions, coming to the sessions um, with no idea of what they want to work on, or if they've um, committed to some actions, they come to the session um, and they haven't done any of the homework or been reflective or or done any of the the things that they said they were going to do in the previous session, then I think it's time first to have a real meaningful conversation with your client and say what you've observed because you don't know the facts. So this is what I, I've I've observed that each time you come to the session, um, you don't seem to have something that you want to be coached on. And when you do, we, we leave the session with some action items. And for the last two sessions, you've come back and you haven't thought about it since the last time we've talked because you shared that. I have a question. Is this a good time for coaching? And the client gets to make that decision. I'm going to try to take that discipline to the, to the coaching that, that I do here at Business Radio X. Now, in my scenario, I'm coaching internally to studio partners across the country, but I, I too, need to have this, uh, this set of ethics, this set of rules and disciplines, and I owe it to myself and to my clients, if you will, to sort of follow to follow that path. Now, you mentioned, and I want to make sure our listeners have this as well, you mentioned that there's an organization or an association that has some of this kind of thing organized and, and documented? Absolutely. It's the International Coach Federation, and it is one of the premier organizations um, that is supporting the coaching profession. And they support it in a number of ways through um, professional development, through research. They're doing amazing research that really shows the value of um, executive coaching and other forms of coaching. It also has that code of ethics that I spoke about. And most important to me when I was <clears throat> looking to become a specialist um, they have a, a, a set of core competencies that outline what it is you should possess as a coach. So it also for the potential client, an opportunity to look at those core competencies and decide and determine whether or not the coach is, is, a, is coaching the executive aligned with those um, competencies. 
And then one of the other things that I think is really critical that the International Coach Federation does is it provides credentialing. Mm. And so, you know, there's three levels of credential. There's the ACC, the PCC, and the MCC, Associate, Professional, and Master. And I have the professional designation, the PCC, and I'm currently working to obtain my uh, MCC. But this is also another mark of distinction that helps an individual understand what it is they should be getting in a coaching session. And certainly the ethics is one of them. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Featuring our guest today, senior consultant and executive coach with a step ahead PR consulting and coaching, Miss Cheryl Proctor Rogers. Coach the Coach is brought to you by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program. If you're a business coach and want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, I'm so glad that I asked Cheryl this question. Uh, from a strategic standpoint, everything she, she articulated is going to help me and I think our listeners. But I also picked up a very tactical piece of counsel that I plan to use and I think it's going to come across better if I use that language that 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 she shared, I've observed, you know, as opposed to just laying it down like this is the way it is. This is the law, blah, blah, blah. I've observed. Uh, what do you think about that, Lee? That, that sounds like pretty good mojo, huh? Yeah. That, is that, uh, did you come up with that, Cheryl, or was that a, te- a technique they taught you? It's actually something that um, I started doing with my teenagers. <laughs> because the minute I said something was an absolute, they would respond with, no, that's not correct. Maybe that's how you see it. And so then I started actually saying, okay, this is what I observed. And I quickly took that into my my business practices and certainly into my coaching. Yeah, you can learn from anywhere. That is proof of that. <laughs> now, um, for you, do you are your clients tend to be in PR and marketing? Is that who your ideal client is? You know, um, my ideal client is anyone who has determined that they need a different perspective, a sounding board. And usually um, the clients that I see work across a variety of industries. Most are C-suite executives. And in most cases, they've either, either lost some power or control or they feel like their position has been minimized as a result of their communication or leadership style. A lot of them are just totally overwhelmed or overloaded with their current responsibilities and can't see their way clear of being strategic and really having leadership presence, particularly those who are transitioning into the C-suite. They have a tendency to um, continue to be a tactician, 
um, when in actuality they need to be more strategic. So they need to think about things differently. They need to approach their communications differently. And that takes time because it takes a change of, of thought as well. And I would say also um, the ideal client is someone who is, has just is lacking awareness about how they are coming across to others. Now, are there are your are your clients typically have they had coaching before, or are you the first executive coach they've ever had? Um, it's been a mix. I've had individuals who have had coaching before, um, and the feedback that I get is they're really surprised at how accelerated um, the awareness is because of my style. Um, and then there are those who have never had a coach and are not really comfortable um, being able to define what coaching is. And so in those cases, um, I usually in that first uh, get acquainted, is this a fit conversation, uh, give them a mini coaching session so that they can totally understand um, what it feels like and what it sounds like um, so that they come to that first session understanding that I'm going to be asking a lot of questions and I'm going to give them enough space to think, really think through the answers and to think about what stories they're telling themselves that generated the answers that they gave me. Can you share maybe one transformative uh, experience that maybe a, one of your clients went through? You don't have to name any names, but kind of share like the before and after, after working with you. Um, sure. Um, I'll think of, uh, this is a, a senior executive who was transitioning into the C-suite. So they had been a pretty high level, had come from um, a military background and was very successful in their role. Um, and so in that new role, they brought all of those kind that the dynamic of um, not being, not having a lot of soft skills. So a lot of the feedback that this uh, executive was getting was, you're not approachable. Um, your team does not have confidence in you. Um, they feel like you're actually mean and, and some others. And this came out anecdotally and then a 360 um, yielded a little more insight on the feelings of not only uh, the subordinates, but the peers and um, senior executives as well. And so the first couple of sessions was just spent really in that awareness phase of just asking questions and really asking the leader to consider other perspectives, to take a scenario of something that was said or done and to get them to really think about 
how that might have been viewed by others. And then for that leader to then start to consider what their patterns were. And I don't tell you what the pattern is. You know, it's it, it, they know. If they can sh- shine a light on it, I can help them shine a light on it. But they get to define what it is and how it's limiting their ability to have the relationships that are necessary to be successful in, in this new role. And so for the, I would say the midway through, there was this, total awareness of, oh my gosh, I am totally absolute. When someone brings me a problem, I solve it for them. Um, When someone is coming to vent, I didn't even realize they were coming to vent. Um, I'm, I'm offering solutions. And so it became really important for that executive to learn some new skills. And some of those skills were to be more patient, to listen better, and uh, an acronym that I learned from a colleague um, several years ago was WAIT. And so I asked the executives, whenever they were going into a meeting, to put that word on their um, notepad. And the acronym for WAIT is Why Am I Talking? (laughs) And to just ask yourself that. Am I talking because I want everybody to know how smart I am? Am I talking because I just feel like I'm, I'm being left out of the conversation, so I feel like I need to say something? Am I talking because, um, I feel like I need to share some important information that they don't have. Why am I talking? That's a a good one. I'm going to remember that. Um, Before we wrap, Cheryl, do you mind sharing a piece of advice for a new coach getting started that can help them maybe um, speed up their learning curve? Absolutely. I would recommend that anyone who is interested in the coaching profession to find a training coach training program that will help them understand the basics of coaching and then to start finding clients asking anyone that you know to practice your coaching skills and to record your coaching sessions so that you can hear back what you're asking, you know, because we all want to ask powerful questions. I just remember the, I think it was Maxwell book, um, great leaders ask great questions. And guess what? Great coaches ask great questions. And so just thinking about your world differently and getting the training and getting the practice. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today, Cheryl. If somebody wanted to learn more and have more substantive conversation, uh, can you share your website? Absolutely. It's www.asteppaheadpr.com. 
for publicrelations.com, a stepaheadpr.com. Thank you again for sharing your story. It was great advice, and um, it was a pleasure chatting with you this afternoon. Thank you so much, Lee and Stone. I've really enjoyed it. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Coach to Coach Radio. 